Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Self-Confidence Project. I'm your host, Kimberly Hill, and this podcast is all about life and dating and relationships and navigating this intoxicatingly tricky world that we are all in. I want to bring you humor. I want to bring you fun. I want to bring you practical advice that you can apply right away in your lives and your dating lives and in your relationships. So thank you all for tuning in. I look forward to bringing you another episode. What are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the self-confidence project. I'm your host, Kimberly Hill coming to you from a snowy, snowy morning here in Vancouver. Um, I just want to take a moment to thank everyone who's been listening to my show. I think I'm slowly approaching a hundred episodes here. I think it's a, probably the only thing I've ever done so consistently in my life is produce these podcast shows. So if you've been listening and you've been enjoying it, um, please consider leaving me a review. It's been such a pleasure bringing you these weekly episodes and hosting awesome guests. Um, and so I've got a special guest on today. Ben Redman is a coach, he's a therapist, and a men's work leader who used to also be a public school teacher. Um, While his coaching practice focuses on guiding parents of children with difficult behaviors, much of his experience is working with kids and adults diagnosed with ADHD, ODD, born polydrug addicted, PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Ben also has ADHD himself. He's divorced and peacefully co-parents his two girls with his ex-wife. His passion is in guiding people through healing, loss, and transition into connection with themselves, their families, community, and the life they desire. How beautiful. Ben, welcome to the show. I, I know it's been a long time coming, having you on. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, I want to, you know, dive into your story a little bit um, and, you know, just give us the kind of like spark notes on a little bit about you and, you know, your story and what kind of led you into transitioning into kind of the coaching realm. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> I know. Um, that's a big I, I, I'm, I'm going to try and go, go fast. I, I get lost in details sometimes, but um, <laughs> I'll so cut but, you off. <laughs> yeah, good. So, um, but yeah, so basically, you know, I was born. No, but I, um, <laughs> my, um, I was diagnosed with inattentive ADHD when I was really young. And um, I remember being told I'll grow out of it in middle school. And I didn't. I was really frustrated. So I was always looking for all these alternative ways to, you know, be the person who I was told I'm supposed to be. I grew up in a very professional, affluent, um, like Jewish community. And mm-hmm. so I, um, you know, I was, you know, there's this path and, and it was really hard for me. Um, you know, I, I went to university of Michigan, but like, I struck, like I struggled. Um, people were like, I love college. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> it was horrible. They're like, but you're an English major in pre-med. I'm like, fair. Um, but yeah, so, so, um, but I, and then, um, the, I never knew really what I wanted to do professionally. I was between teacher and, and doctor. And, um, I ultimately just went with teacher because uh, I worked. I ultimately went went with teacher, um, but really, what I always knew what I wanted was I wanted to be a dad. I wanted to be just a kick ass dad, and I, I, you know, my dad is is great, and he has come a long way. And also at the same time, he like you know I didn't get some of the things I really wanted. Um, yeah, from that you know. relationship, you mean? No. Yeah, I just didn't get you know. Yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I think it's like all boys, like we all want to be taught how to be men, right? Yeah. You know, and all girls want to be taught how to be women, and and all people who identify, however they identify, want to know how do I be accepted in the world, right? Yeah. As who I am. Um. And so you know, um, I, you know, long story short, I met. <clears throat> Um, my ex-wife, um, she wasn't my ex-wife at the time, obviously. And we, you know, had, uh, our first daughter, Raya and we got married and we actually lived out by you on, on Lopez Island in the San Juan islands, um, which is my, you know, little piece of heaven. I love it out there. Um, and, um, then we had Sibby and she's got down syndrome. So that, that was, uh, some additional challenges and yeah, I bet. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, and then, um, basically, you know, I, um, 
was doing things that I, I didn't want to do that I was told that I should do. I wasn't were looking. you were you teaching all through this like period of your life where you were having had your daughters? I was teaching. I taught um, in Charlotte in the Bronx for five for five years between the two of them. And then I moved out west to Lopez Island and I was a farmhand and a tile setting apprentice. Um, I, and I worked for a drug prevention coalition. Um, so I did a whole bunch of things. That's what yeah. you do on an island, you know, on a small. Just a little bit of whatever you can type thing. Yeah. Right. Right. It was the most amazing community I've ever been in. Um, and I loved it there deeply. Um, and then um, and then we came back here. We uh, wanted to be closer to our families, moved to Charleston because I found a job doing bachelor's level therapy work. Um, I got a master's degree. I wanted to go into therapy, uh, be a therapist. And, you know, um, my I want to just say, like, I want to own this. OK, mm -hmm. I want to own my pattern. Right. I'm going to talk about Mac's wife, who I love and is wonderful. And we've got a really peaceful co-parenting relationship. And people find each other for, you know, their patterns. They fit their patterns beautifully, right? Yeah. And this is all unconscious. It's all our mammalian brain, our limbic system that does it. So, um, but basically, um, you know, she wanted me to be, go back and work in the schools and be a school counselor because of, you know, it was salary and I just didn't want to do it. And, you know, I got angry about it. And then I kind of changed my mind. You know, I changed mm. And I did it. And then I just was hating life. And I was getting became a really angry man. And I did things in my marriage that I'm ashamed of. Um, and and so. Um, and so, yeah. And so, you know, eventually I realized, you know, I had to leave. Um, I did a, took myself on a vision fest in New Mexico. Um, realized I had to leave through that. Um, you mean them. that's when you realize like the relationship was over? Is that what you're saying, or that it needed to that I needed to move out? Yeah, there's a much longer story, but um, and then I, you know, and then I kind of, you know, then I moved out, and you know, I had been in Everyman Foundations at the time, and I, I just I'm a very emotional person mm -hmm. having ADHD, um, and 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 I just kind of you know dove in. I had a flexible work. So I would like wake up in the morning, I get the kids ready for school, take them to school, then meditate or do yoga or go for a walk or do some writing. Usually I found myself next to a river mm. and the wood crying. <laughs> okay. okay. Beautiful. Well, your tears can flow right in that river. <laughs> and I want, and just like, yeah. The last part is that then I, um, I would like do that for the first like few hours of the morning. And then by 11 o'clock, I was like, it was like, I was clean. I felt great. And I like, mm. went, I did therapy with my kids, with my clients. It was great. So. And here you are now where you're kind of transitioning into like supporting men through similar or also unique transitions in their life. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. The transitions. I mean, that's where I'm expanding. My specialty really is in uh, parenting and um, with kids with difficult behaviors. Yeah. So if you don't mind, I kind of, I'm curious to dive into the ADHD just for a moment, because I think most people have a real misconception of like what it even is. And I know that I, I have like incorrectly just said to people like, haha, is that ADHD? Like when they're distracted by anything. Um, and so it's like my understanding of it is very limited in the sense that like, as soon as someone's distracted or they're not paying attention, I'm just like, what is that ADD? And we, we joke about it a lot, but it's obviously something that gets diagnosed very specifically for certain individuals. And I know a lot of people feel like they might have it, but aren't really sure. So could you just walk me through like what it was like to like get that diagnosis? Cause I don't, I feel like this is an area that people are like unsure about when it comes to themselves. So, I mean, I was like six years old, so I don't know. Oh, like, Hey, take this pill. You know, I mean, um, I mean, I mean, honestly, like when I was a little kid, there's a story. My mom would be like, Hey Ben, this is an A Ben and A, what letter is this? I'd be like, it's an A mom and A. She'd be like, all right, what letter is this Ben? I'm like, I don't know. She's like, it's a B Ben, B is for Ben. What letter is this Ben? I'm like, it's a B. Then she hold up another letter. She's like, what letter is this Ben? Come on, what letter is it? And I'm like, oh, she's like, it's an A Ben. We just went over this. It's an A. And I was like, I don't care. Like my mind, 
was like, no. I mean, I was, I, I was pulled out. I was in the resource room until third grade. And this is like a, I was in, in third grade. And then suddenly my brain was like, oh, I'm ready to read. And then I started mm. reading. And then by the next year, I was in the honors class. So it's right. just, <laughs> okay. And, and so, um, but like the, you're right. People have really ADHD is a total misnomer, right? Mm -hmm. it's the, the symptom that we see is, is, um, a inability to direct attention, okay. but what it really yeah. is, is a collection. And for different people, it's a variety of collections of, um, reduced, uh, executive function. Okay. Um, now I nerd out on this stuff, so definitely help me out. But like, so when we think about the human brain, right? Yeah. We've got we've got the uh, the mammalian, the limbic system, and the reptilian brain, and then we've got the neocortex, the human brain, the prefrontal cortex. Yeah. So this prefrontal cortex, that's where all our all of our executive functions uh, uh, live. Now the human brain matures from the back to the front. So the very last part of our brain to mature is that prefrontal cortex, which is why, you know, when you turn 30, you're like, I was, a, I've been an idiot for the past, like 20 years. Right? Damn. Like, I, yeah, I, just, I, I just had that realization a little while ago. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh my God, my body parts work and I'm not brain damaged. Mm -hmm. Um, but so like, you know, kids, you know, automatically I'll compared to adults sort of have some ADHD mm -hmm. because, and I mean, that's not a diagnosis, but like yeah. they, their brains are not fully developed, you know? And so, but the difference is some of the executive functions and major one is emotional regulation, right? Mm. Inability to uh, manage our, our emotions. And, and this is, this might be like, a you know, where one kid might, be like, oh, I can't, I don't get what I want. Like, ah, you yeah. know, um, and, and that's also like, you know, I mean, um, lots of people in my family, like frequently stub their toe, but it sounds like they're fucking dying. Right. Cause they're like, not oh! able, to, they're not able to manage like the emotion that came on right away. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, it's just yeah. like very, very reactive and impulsive. Like, yeah. you know, so uh, <laughs> there's a nice stub my toe. I'm like in my brain, I'm like, God damn F mother. You know what? It's that kind of day. I'm just going to move through it. It's like, that's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Every time I, I would bump, bump into something like when I was married, like my wife would be like, she's like, are you okay? What's wrong? I'm like, no, I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. My dad's the same way. Um, this is one of the daughters. So, um, but also an inability to um, inhibit ourselves. So that might be exactly that. Um, then that's a lack of impulse control. Now, Emotional regulation is a very broad term. It's a, the stuff that we just spoke about. But what it also is, is so a typical child without ADHD, you, you say, they come home from school and you say, all right, Billy, you've got to do your homework first mm -hmm. and then you can go play outside, right? So Billy's like, oh, I hate doing my homework. I don't want to do my homework. But Billy is able to take, um, take the homework and say like, the homework gets me to playing outside. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like doing the homework. I want to get this done so I can go outside. Yeah. Right. The ADHD brain, um, ADHD Annie, right? She, like, she's like, oh, I want to go outside. I know I got to do my work. I want to make my mom happy and do my work. But like, she sits down and she can't make, she can't do that trick that Billy mm -hmm. just of like, saying like, I want to do this, even though she consciously might really want to do it. It's, and what I, and I just remember being a kid and just reading the same sentence over and over and over and over and over again. And like, I knew the words I had really great. I've got really great reading comprehension. And I did back then too. I just, it was, I, I, I analogize it to like going to the gym and, mm -hmm. and going to lift up a really light weight. But before you pick that up, you rub your hands in coconut oil. Right. <laughs> then you like, you can't get it. You can't get a grip. And that's right. sort of, it's, it's like, I want to do it, but that's, so that's a major part. And that's what looks like the inability to attend. Um, and then, the, you know, there's the inability to hold um, a list of things in your mind. Hmm. So parents are like, I told my kid to do these four chores and he only does the first one. I don't know what's, what's wrong with my child. I'm like, right kids with ADHD, people with ADHD were, were very visual. We need a lot of visual prompting. Mm. Um, and so I, I, there, there's a few others, but like, um, 
you know, but that's kind of like a basic rundown. Um, do, I mean, this is a kind of a personal question. So just skirt around it if you don't want to answer it, but like, how did having ADHD impact your relationship? Did you get into like, what comes to mind for me is if I, if somebody needed kind of like those visual, and I'm talking from experience, cause I, I was with someone that had it. And I remember like him saying like, just write me a list on like the fridge and a bright post-it note of like what I need to do. And then I felt like I was getting into a mother son type relationship and just completely yeah. lost attraction there. So I was just curious how you were able to navigate that in your relationship. Yeah. So definitely there, there were issues with that in the, yeah. in the beginning, because I'd be doing, I'd be like doing the dishes or cooking dinner and, and you know, my, my wife time would, would be talking to me about some stuff and eventually like, you know, and she really listened really well to this. She, I, I said, listen, don't tell me about logistics or things I need to do when I'm doing something else. Okay. Say so you got sit me down or send me an email. Right? Don't <laughs> send me an email and, yeah. and, and tell me this stuff, but you got to see me sitting down, writing it down. If it's in my calendar, it happens. It right. always happens. If it's in green on my calendar, it happens. Okay. Right. Or I do it, but like, but it's kind of capturing this stuff and putting it into the structure, that's the difficult part. So, you know, mm. when I work with parents of kids with ADHD, ODD, various issues like that, you know, the kids don't, children don't have great, you know, executive function already, but kids with ADHD have even, it's even more, le less mature. Mm -hmm. And so there is actually kids with ADHD, there's a little bit of a developmental delay, you know, there. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they catch up and they don't have ADHD as adults, but, um, but so we, we need to really, the, I like to think of the ADHD brain is not very well structured. Okay. So like in the thought process, so we've got to create structures, right? Um, when COVID hit and I was just doing therapy in my home every day, like without leaving my apartment, like oh, I was a yeah. health worker losing my, my, my mind. I was like, <laughs> because lack of structure, like you just got up, sat down, did your work. It's like, I found that too. Like, and for someone who is totally unaware whether or not that's something that I struggle with, I don't, I don't know, never been told that, but same for me. I'm like getting up and doing my coaching practice and not having to leave the house to go somewhere or like have a structured lunch. I mean, you remember when we were working with Dan, I think mm -hmm. at one point I was like, guys, like I did, yeah. I have a win this week because I've scheduled a lunch hour. <laughs> I'm like, and now I have an hour in my day when I can like eat. And I was like really excited by like adding the structure into my day. And it's like, it's so silly how that obvious thing was so lost for like at least the first year and a bit of my business. <laughs> so I don't remember a lot of stuff, but yeah. I remember that. And I actually <laughs> think about it fairly frequently when I'm like shoving food down my face. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like try to write a note like uh like yeah it still know, happens like, to me but yeah <laughs> I should be like oh you should be more mindful you know that's me smacking myself um my head but yeah, yeah um shoot um sometimes people with adhd like we we lose the thread of conversation like yeah i do right now well, i know we, we were talking about oh that structure, structure yeah, I mean, yeah my place got so messy during <laughs> because I need to leave. I need to have to leave my apartment really to clean my apartment. You know, right. my, you know, that's, that's just like generally what I need. Um, but yeah, so um, I also like to think that I I'm excellent at, at I, I'm well qualified in parenting because having an ADHD brain is kind of like, so what I imagine, I, I had a friend say once, he goes, yeah, I've got, you know, my sister, she's depressed and, and I don't understand her. When I tell my brain to do things, it does it. Her brain doesn't. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you are really lucky. I wish I had your brain <laughs> because my brain is like corralling cats, like mm -hmm. hurting cats. It's, I've, there's this hedonistic part, this part that doesn't want to go with the program and so I need to, so with the, the, the executive functions that I do have, I, I create all these structures, you know, and, and scaffold these structures so that I can just like not think about stuff and I can just flow through it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Cause yeah, 
we definitely have uh, increased decision fatigue. Got it. So Ben, talk to me a little bit about, cause I want to lead this into obviously the work you're doing today, but tell me a little bit about like that transition that you went through after you made that decision. You said you went to a vision fest in Mexico and then you like had this realization that you needed to like leave that marriage. So what was that like? Like talk to me about that transition after divorce. Like, how, what was it like for you? How did you rediscover yourself? Okay. I, I, I'm going to get to that question. I wrote it down so I won't forget, but I want to say one more thing about structure. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I, um, because, you know, I was recently talking to this, this woman, this girl, I don't know what, to, uh, and, and, um, and you know, she, I text her and, mm-hmm. and I didn't hear back from her. And so I was like, Oh, maybe Kimberly has something. And you had, you had this 20 minute podcast about texting anxiety. Oh, dear. And, I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Oh, oh, I listened to it. I was like, Oh, thank goodness. Oh my goodness. I'm like, that makes me feel so good. So there was, I think you said it was like a thought replacement or thought, thought substitution. Yeah. And I thought like, and the thought that I was substitute was like, she tested COVID positive. Maybe she's not feeling well enough to respond to your text. Totally. Like, cause our mind will normally go to like the worst case scenario and make it all about our, Oh my God, she's not texting me because I did something wrong. Now I need to worry and futurize over it versus maybe there's a plausible reason why this person isn't responding immediately. Like they could be in the shower or eating lunch or out on a walk or right. taking a nap or not feeling good or like all the other things that happen in regular life. So sometimes we need to be our own friend and, and, uh, come up with a, a positive reason why someone's not responding. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I'm glad that was helpful for you. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're like, your podcast has all sorts of little tight kind of snippets. And I, I like, yeah. sometimes I'll screenshot your Instagram. I'm like, Oh, you know, that's so good. <laughs> You know, oh, <laughs> I, I collect, I collect, uh, material I think is, is excellent. Um, so anyways, my transition, <sighs> um, it's, it's definitely a little, like, it's, you know, probably woo woo for people, but I'm a little woo woo. Um, That's okay. Yeah. Does it feel still, does it feel still raw for you? Like, are you still in transition or you feel like I'm you not- come out of it? When we, well, I think I want to talk about the word transition first. Yeah. So, um, and William Bridges wrote a, a beautiful book called Tran- Transitions. And, and he studied sort of similarly to Joseph Campbell, he studied indigenous cultures. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when we look at indigenous cultures or just natural cycles, we've got and the first step of a transition is an ending. And then the last step, obviously, is the beginning. But then there's this vest. Is that there you go. Okay, you said Joseph Campbell, and I was like, I swear I have that book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Yeah. That's okay. Right. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> and so, 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 like, you've got to end things and grieve them, and then before you start something new, you have to, you got to sit in this kind of no man's land, this void. He calls mm-hmm. it the neutral zone. It's a limbic space, or no, it's a. Um, that's not the right word. Um, so part of ADHD is we can't remember words and names sometimes that we know very well. That's okay. I think that happens to a good portion of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so, but so, and people, what they do is like a lot of times people will get divorced from one person and it's really uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable, you know, and they get into something new very quickly. Right. And, and, and it's, it's basically the same woman with different clothes, same pattern, different skin. Right. Mm. Very exciting. Cause it's a new body and, and like mm-hmm. new, like little differences on top, but like, you know, we are, people don't like to think about this, but we like, we like to think that our logical mind drives the bus and that our conscious mind drives the bus. And it does to a certain extent. I mean, that's why we're talking like thousands of miles away on a computer because yeah. of our, 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 our uh, conscious mind. Um, but really, you know, I, th- I think you're well aware of this. You know, the, the limbic system and the mammalian brain that holds all of our attachment patterns, that holds like all the modeling, um, it holds all the habits and really what human behavior is, is it's an overlay of all these different attachment patterns, um, and habits, relationship habits, habits, just daily habits. And like, 
you know, and, and that's what makes up a bulk of human behavior. Hmm. And then, you know, when we get outside some of this relationship stuff, we can get to work and we can be like, all right, I'm going to make a plan and I'm going to invent a smartphone. And then like, uh-huh. you know, we, we try X, Y, and Z. There's a problem. We work to solve that. But people try to fix themselves through just talking um, about things logically. And actually that really doesn't do too much. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're right. We can talk about it all day long, but then we can just, as soon as that conversation is over, default right back to whatever was happening before that. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so transition. So um, this is before, but basically I was in foundations uh, training in in every man and my buddy, Nathan Schultz, he recommended uh, a coach, Morvan, um, I forget Morvan's last name, but he he did took me on a, a visualization and introduced me to my inner leader who mm. was, was a Native American and a wolf. <laughs> That's your inner leader. I mean, cool, cool. love it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm on a northwestern island. That's where it was my safe yeah. place. And anyways, afterwards, I did some journaling and and you know, and sometimes I journal and I just kind of will have conversations or like something comes through me. I'm not sure what, but it's like you need to go to the mountains in the desert and have a, a vision quest, which is a Native American um, tradition. I'm, I I'm, saw it uh, on, um, <clears throat> I saw an example of it on uh, Yellowstone <laughs> season, oh, season four. That. Yeah, no, I, it's the first time I'd seen what they did, but I think there were lots of drugs involved as well, but yeah, lots of visions happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and there yeah. can be. Um, yeah. And so I'm an Irish Catholic Jew, so like I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really good at guilt. Um, <laughs> That sounds like a really good soup. <laughs> <laughs> this is delicious Irish Catholic too. <laughs> I don't know if people are going to get offended by that, but that's just what came it's into all, my mind. Right. This yeah. is Jew- Jewish sanctioned uh, joking. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I sanction it. Yeah. Perfect. Good. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I, I basically really quickly, um, at first that, that I just held that thought in my mind for like a week and it just terrified me. Mm. And then within two weeks, I, I was on the road. Actually, I left on July 4th, Independence Day. And like, I actually, I didn't realize this. I followed this virtually the same path that me and me and uh, Joy, my, my ex-wife followed 10 mm-hmm. years earlier to right. the day, almost to the day, Crazy. And like, like driving out West. And, um, and I was listening listening to hero of a thousand faces, yeah. you know, um, I, and, and I, um, it was actually like right around St. Louis, the gate to the West, you know, she, she was having some leg issues and back issues. And she called me and she was like, I, I, I need you to come home to take care of the kids. Everyone's out of town. I, I, I you know, I, I need you to do this. And, and, you know, that, that is, my pattern is to help and fix right. and take care of and overextend myself. Mm. And, and I said, I thought about it, like, I, I can't like to turn around equals death to me. It's like it, right. that thought. So I, I went out there, I got, I got out to this place uh, in, in New Mexico um, by Taos. And I just went up with a bunch of water because of that elevation. I was going to be by myself with camp, some camping gear. I made a 10 foot circle. Um, and I basically stayed in that circle for three days and three nights. Uh, and, and I drank water and I would leave to use the restroom. And it was, I mean, I mean, I got crazy stories. I mean, like, did you do any like psychedelics or any drugs? No. Okay. You basically just like your body just would have just by being in that environment, you probably would have had some creative visions, right? You know, I, I, for me, I didn't have any real visions, um, but I did have a lot of release. Mm. Um, I did one, I did just a one day one uh, in August. And, and I'll talk about one experience there is like, I, I got all set up and like, it started raining just as I, I, I finished setting up my tent. Um, I'd stay in a tent that time. Um, and, and I just sort of, and basically I would be there. And then like, it's like these thought waves would like, I'd be present in nature. These thought waves would rise 
and they would sort of rise like a tsunami and then they, they would crest and they would crash. Mm. And so I just remember there was this one that was, because not only before I finish, not only are you um, connected to your own experience, but you're also connected to nature. Yeah. And there's a lot of symbolism there. And I, and so this, this thought wave crashed, rose up, it crested, it crashed, and it crashed down. And I was in immense pain. I was like, I was like on my knees. I'm like, oh God, help me. Like I surrender, like whatever, just make it go away. Um, and I was just like, I, I like, I, I don't recall even what it, what it was about, but um, it was just immense pain. But it was getting released. Yeah. And then it was cloudy out and then the sun was low in the sky and um, I felt something on my forehead, like right here. And I looked up and there was a single, like three foot, one inch wide strip of light through all the trees, through the woods. And it landed, it ended like right in my third eye. I'm guessing, I can't really see. And I was like, and I looked around to see where else the sun was. And it was, there was no other sunshine anywhere else on, on, on the, the forest floor. I was like, what's up, God? How are you doing? Yeah. Hi. You I know? see that you see me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just kind of like, oh, you're not alone. You're, you're all right. And I've, I've had numerous there's one one time out there where uh, the first time this is gonna sound crazy, but I I there in the afternoon in, in New Mexico there were flies, mm-hmm. and um, they would kind of swarm me, and I was kind of like this this that, and then you know you know what I think about so you think like what 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 do flies do? You know flies they they eat dead matter, right? Mm-hmm. Eat death. Yeah. So, well, that's what I want. <laughs> You know, it's weird. That just reminded me of this miniature story. This kid I used to grow up with who kind of bullied me my whole life, to be fair. And I remember like, I don't know, we were on some holiday together with our family and there were a bunch of flies just like flying around and annoying me. And I was like, oh, why are these flies on me? And he looked at me. He's like, because they're attracted to shit. And I was like, like a little young girl I felt so awful my goodness I was like what an asshole thing to say (laughs) I was like you're basically calling me a little piece of shit I'm like I'm a little I'm like a couple years younger than you I'm a young like little teenage girl I'm like you're a dick dick." (laughs) that's what I thought (laughs) anyway I don't know why that just reminded me of that when you're saying like they're attracted to like they are you see them swarming around like carcasses and garbage and shit like that i was like oh thanks for calling me a piece of garbage thanks (laughs) that sounds horrible i mean i mean you still you know i do yeah that that triggered that memory and to be honest that person i i i wish them all the best but like have no relationship with them because i realized that they just kind of bullied me my whole life so i don't really have much desire to hang with them (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and and that's especially when you're a teenager that's really difficult yeah Do you, you know, you know why I'll, I'll get back to the flies in a minute, but you, yeah. do you know why um, teenagers are so difficult? No, I don't know. Hormones. <laughs> yeah, it's really hormones. Yeah. So, so what happens? So um, there's a, a, all human behavior, you know, from a behavioral perspective, all human behavior is guided by needs. So mm-hmm. whether it's adaptive or maladaptive behaviors, it's guided by needs. And I, you know, everyone thinks of Maslow when they think of needs, but yeah. I really like, um, I, I tend to work with uh, William Glasser's needs uh, of reality therapy. And he says the three, the five needs are security, belonging, freedom or autonomy, fun mm. or power um, right. and free power and achievement. And so, you know, um, belonging is so vital to our functioning mm-hmm. as humans. We got our these brains that we have are not 2020 brain or 2022 brains. They're yeah. like 40,000 year old brains. That's when like they really came on lo- that's when they they evolved to their current form. And so back then you needed to be a part of a family and a clan and a tribe. And if you got kicked out, if you didn't belong, you would be out in the wilderness by yourself. And we didn't yeah. have tools. We had like maybe some, some stone blades, but like there, and we hadn't killed all the big predators. And even if, and so we would go out, if we got, if we got excommunicated, 
we would go onto the wilderness and we would die. Hmm. We would just die. And so in our brains, deep in our brains, there is this realization that if I don't belong, I'm going to die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. so, So when we are, um, you know, when we're children, we think that we're kind of part of our parents and then we get those hormones, our brains grow and develop and they grow in the emotion and their ability to think. And, and then, and then um, we want to be our own person. So we, we, we individuate, we got to push, you know, especially our same sex parent or the sex we identify with parent away. Cause mm-hmm. we need, so we need to like, no, I'm not you. I'm not yeah. you. I and, have my own identity kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And that, and then also we, we will do things um, outside of, of uh, our morals. Right. Mm. And oh, it's got a name. It's got a great name. Moral. I'll think of it. It's, it's a stage of development. Moral. Yeah. M- anyways, but basically, so a teenager, like they, they can't really in our society, they can't really belong to their parents anymore because they got it. It's really important that they become their own person. Mm-hmm. So they got, so we're, there's no rite of passage. There's no community place to like, you can go out into the woods for like a few days come back and change your name and have a new name. And then you're welcome back as a member of the community as an adult. No. So they, they go, so teenagers, they go to their friends, Mm -hmm. right? And if they don't have friends, if they don't belong and if they don't belong and then they're picked on, Mm -hmm. that is, I don't belong. I'm being kicked out of society. I'm about to die. Yeah. Well, that probably led to why I got depressed and bulimic for a few years as a young girl. Cause like, I got picked on a lot and didn't feel like I fit in. And I had a tragic short haircut that made me feel like I was a little boy. So I felt even further alienated and yeah. And then it was just like, it exactly was that it was like, I had a little death. I died. I was not part of any society. I didn't want to be part of anything. And then eventually I snapped out of it, but yeah, yeah. Crazy. But what, what was, what do you think the motivation was for the other kid to, to, to be like that, to then push somebody out of the group? What do you think that's about? Well, I mean, um, you know, we, we behave in ways that we observe. Um, you know, if, if you're around a young baby or a young child, especially if the parents are like arguing or if there's something wrong, mm-hmm. like or the, the parents are kind of misbehaving, that kid is like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. They're totally zoomed in. Um, and so our behaviors are learned. Right. Yeah. So probably that kid gets bullied by someone. So he and so when we get bullied, you know, that our need for power and fun and belonging and freedom and security, all of our needs are kind of wiped away. Right. So we need to kind of find a way to get that back. Mm, mm, we yeah. got our kids here and we make fun of we make fun of, of little Kimberly and, and now they're laughing. So we belong. So we and we feel safe. And mm. now, you know, I'm free to make fun of little Kimberly. I've got power to do it. It's a power thing. And it's also, and you know, my friends are laughing. I'm laughing. That's kind of fun. It's fun to have power. Yeah. Right? Well, that reminds me of the Simpsons, whatever that little bully is in the Simpsons. I forget his name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's him. Oh, <laughs> but really that little kid in the Simpsons all, all alone, lonely. Right. Yeah. 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 So the stage I was forgetting is moral moratorium. Moral um, moratorium. Yeah. It's fun to say. I told you. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> it's like a massage in my mouth. Moral yeah, moratorium. <laughs> say it slow, everybody. <laughs> Wait, one or more as time. Many times as you can. Moral moratorium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> So, so back to the flies. Now I want to point something out. My yeah. ADHD brain, I do know that I'm going to lose track of things. So I write down. That's perfect. I wrote down flies because I want to get back to flies. I knew I would lose it. And when more moratorium I came up, I, I wrote it down because really what I really wanted to do is interrupt you and be like, it's more moratorium. Oh yeah, of course you would have. Yeah. No, but I think it came out in the perfect time. So good for you for your structured note system. <laughs> okay. Back to the flies. So anyways, I'm like, okay, well, these flies, you know, they're my brother. I'm connected with nature. They're my brothers. They're here for something and they're here to eat death. So I was like, I had this thought. I was like, oh no, 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 no. I was like, yep. I was like, all right, get naked. 
lie down and let the flies eat you. Oh my God. That's what you thought. Good for you. How brave. And I did it for a while. And like, and then after I went out, I, I don't, didn't have a timer. So I don't know how long it was. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Fair enough. <laughs> but so ultimately like, um, you know, that wrapped up and, um, you know, there's some, a few other realizations and I went to visit some old good friends. Um, one who had a, a serious brain injury at the time, um, in Denver and I was driving back and as the front range was getting smaller in my rear view mirror, I just started like yelling and screaming and hitting the steering wheel. I'd become pretty good at emotional releases while driving by that point. Um, <laughs> I was just like, no, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, no. And, and, and I didn't even know what I was talking about. I had no idea. And I pulled up and I got gas a few miles afterwards. And I realized like, oh, oh, I've got to move out. And I called my, my ex-wife, my wife at the time. And I said, I need to move out. She's like, I think you do. Oh, wow. You had that. Yeah. Boom. And, uh, sounded like you're both on the same page there. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that's my, and but so yeah, trans. And so I did try and force a new beginning actually in the beginning of that ring of fire program. Mm -hmm. um, in June and I tried so hard and what happens if you try and, and, um, create something when it's not ready against, against the chaos. So much resistance comes at you. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like, no, you're not ready yet. Right. No. Cause I remember that. I remember you in the beginning of the program, like there was a lot of, I don't know what the, the word for the energy was, but like you were, you were really trying to like figure something out. And I could tell that like, and I was learning from you as I was observing that. And it kind of made me go like, I need to back off a little bit in my business too, because one of my good friends said, he just, he, he stood in front of me and he had his two palms like facing me and he goes like push against me. And I'm like pushing and pushing. He's like, you know what you're feeling? And I'm like, what? He's like resistance. I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's what happens when you're pushing really hard. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I just going to step back and take a break. And yeah even though I was in that program to try and accelerate myself, I realized that what I really needed was to kind of just enjoy listening to people and like step back a little bit because yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of energy when you're put and same thing. Like I talk to guys that are dating all the time. They're pushing so hard to find somebody. And usually I'm telling them slow down, let's take a break. <laughs> they're like coming to a dating and relationship coach, figure out how to dating. And then the advice I give them is it's time to take a little breather. And they're like, God damn it. It's <laughs> not, not what I want. And I'm like, but it's I'm so horny. Yeah. It's so horny. I need some, like, but it's what you need. And they're like, yeah, it's true. It's what I need. I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I know that there's so much that we could talk about here, but I want to save some time for you to share with me, like what is up for Ben right now? Like, what are you working on? I know you have a program coming out. So enlighten me, tell me a bit about that. Right. So, so just like align with what you're saying. So then I kind of, at a certain point in the program, I kind of mm -hmm. take my foot off the gas and actually as the program ended, I was like, I'm getting a lot of clients through psychology today, therapy. I'm like, I'm not really going to coach, but Steve Amelia said like, well, you're the work that you're familiar with is, is aligned with what Dan does. Maybe you could support him. And I, and like, uh, uh I uh, for, kind of forgot about coaching. And then Dan's like, Oh, we got a call schedule. Let's talk. And so mm -hmm. Then I, I like pitched him on, on what I could do to support his program. I was like, yeah. And so, you know, then um, I've been, you know, you know, supporting him and, you know, uh, have a few clients through that. Um, but yeah, so what I'm doing is, I mean, basically on March 14th, I'm starting a four month program um, that is a, a father. It's called Foundations of Fatherhood. And this is for dads. You know, it could be single dads. It could be dads who have partners. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's what what you're noticing. Like you, you work hard for your kids. You come home, and maybe they drive you a little nuts. You love them, but they drive you a little nuts. Yeah. And and you know they're misbehaving. They're fighting. Uh, maybe they're destroying things. Uh, maybe they're bullying in school. Who knows? Um, and and you're just like. I've done everything I know how to do and I've, I've utilized other resources. And, and, and then what happens sometimes is that you start to misbehave and you start doing things, saying things to your children that you're really ashamed of, mm. right? That you wish you start, 
you know, behaving in ways that you're embarrassed about. And worst of all, you start doing things that you said that your parents used to do and you said yeah. you would never do. Yeah. Right. And and it's not your fault. It's the way your brain is has evolved. But like basically what the Fathers of Founda Foundations of Fatherhood does it, um, in this program, I, I help you cognitively like understand um, parenting from a different perspective, mm. from a, a more scientifically accurate perspective, one that inv involves an understanding of the child's neurology, their brain development, what their brain is capable of. Yeah. As people, we get very locked into our ourselves and like if I were, and so we, I help you to see your child differently and, and, and also understand why they behave the, the way they do. I spoke earlier about needs, like mm -hmm. children misbehave because a need is not being satisfied. So we look at that. Um, and then we use, you know, uh, really mainly what I use uh, is reward, um, fun, play to leverage that relationship to improve the child's behavior and improve mm. your connection with the child and, and just increase the love and fun and parenting. That sounds yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I think it's, it sounds like a good, healthy dose of perspective and understanding compassion, but the outcome is better connection and a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I think like, you know, when we, like I'm really obsessed with the brain, so I'm sorry, but I'm going to keep on going. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, so our brains are also evolved to see the bad. I don't know how uh, acceptance and commitment therapy did some research studies and they found that for um, every four negative thoughts, we've got one positive thought. That's what I've heard because we, the average person can have up to 60,000 thoughts in a day. And they were saying about 80% of those can be negative. And I'm, I, and after I kind of came across that stat, I found myself in the shower just this morning, my whole shower, I'm thinking of negative shit. And then I caught myself because I just listened to that the other day and I went, what the hell am I doing? I'm like, all I'm doing is like, thinking of future scenarios that are stressing me out. And I like, I'm standing there and going, no, I'm changing this. And I like got dressed and got out, went and had that breakfast at a cafe and just had a bunch right. of positive interactions. But any other day, had I not like been able to trigger that reminder for myself, it's like, I would have gone, I would have kept going in that spiral. It's awful. Well, What's and, up with our brains, Ben? Well, and even like, you know, so you're like, you punish yourself. Like, what, yeah. what the fuck am I doing? Ah, oh, I'm yeah. such an idiot, right? Yeah, I did it, Kevin. Another one. Bad, I like, bad. I was like, oh, what's going on? There's something in this water. I'm like, getting out Good of here. For you. <laughs> but I changed it. And then I decided to make a new decision and go out in the world and like have some healthy interaction, which like really changed the direction of this morning, which was really good. Yeah. But so evolution, basically. So think about all of our great, 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 great grandfathers, like 40,000 years ago, and our great, 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 great grand uncle, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going, they, they got to go hunting for some elk or something or mastodons, yeah. I don't know what. And so they're going to the hunting ground. And so there's a shortcut and there's a longer way. And our great, great granddad, he's like, I'm going to just call him granddad. He's like, let's go this way. And our great grand uncle or a calm uncle, he's like, no, 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 this is way more direct. And mm -hmm. the granddad's like, do you see do you see all the like the dead elk around here? Do you see these? That's do you, you know there's a cave over there? That's where the saber-toothed tiger lives. You're gonna walk in front of a saber-toothed tiger cave. And and granduncle's like, you are so such a cup half empty kind of guy. You're so pessimistic. <laughs> well, come on, look on the bright side. It's way shorter. Like if we get a mastodon, it's gonna be way easier to carry it back this way. We yeah. can get, you know. And so, so they, they get into a disagreement um, and they, they, go, they go separate ways. What happens? We know what happens. Great granduncle, he gets eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. He does not reproduce. He does not pass on his optimistic genes. Aww. But granddad saw the problem down the road and he survived. So yeah. it's, a, it's a survival adaptation to think negatively. Yeah. Yes, you're right, because we're constantly trying to make sure we're staying out of danger, dangerous situations. But God, we got to carve out some positivity. And Otherwise, so, yeah. I don't know. I feel like we're just slowly decaying. I mean, we're going to yeah. do that anyways, even if we're positive. But yeah, I know. I, I know our time's short. So I want to attach yeah. to one thing. So, like, behaviorism is misunderstood. And so, 
um, people think like, so we only see what's negative, right? What, what mm -hmm. we don't like. And so our kids are misbehaving. And so then we intervene when they misbehave, right? Which is exactly the opposite thing that you really should do. Yeah. Since the problem is, is that our brains are wired to see the negative, not the positive. So we need to actually, we need to train ourselves. We need to habituate ourselves to see our kids when they're doing something positive and reward them. And what I like, I like to supercharge it by you, you, you give your kids a, uh, the five languages of love assessment, yeah. and then reward them aligned with their top languages of love, love and, language. And Ben, I'm going to just wager and say, that's the same thing we should do in our relationships. Instead of like seeking out the negative things in our partner, which a lot of us do, we get really critical. And then we just get to the point where we're like, we're out of here. This person sucks is focusing on the beautiful things they do. And same thing, rewarding our partners and creating those special moments in the way that they feel loved. I think that's really important. I just want to add that in for just to yeah. bring it back to the relationship stuff, but yeah. You, you bring up a point that something I learned and, and, uh, and when I was getting my master's, um, and that is that we teach people how to treat us. Mm -hmm. We train them. It's on us. So yeah. if we allow someone to violate our boundaries, that's on us I, with totally. a few exceptions, but yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So if people want to check out this, um, program, uh, directly to your website, do you have a special link you want me to add in where, where do you want people to go? Yeah. So if, if they're interested in more information, um, you can find me at ben redmondcom That's B E N the dash and then R E D M O N D, um.com. And then you Look at it. Redmond.com. And that's where they can like sign up or book a call with you or something to learn more. Yeah. Yeah. They, they can either, they can, you know, sign up uh, for it. They, they can, you know, contact me via the contact page. And, um, you know, if they've got questions, we can book a call and Perfect. figure things out from there. And they can just find out a little bit more. Good. Well, that's where I will direct them. Thank or you less. for Maybe your time. What? Or less information. Too much information. I want less about Ben Red. <laughs> Maybe they're just like, I just want to book a call and enroll. I don't want to know anymore. I've no, I know enough already. <laughs> I know sometimes we complicate things by making, you know, too much information is uh, too many choices. But um, Ben, thank you for coming on. It's been such a pleasure. I, I want to keep chatting more, but I know you got a call and I got to jump off to a call. So um, thank you. I look forward to releasing this and, and guys definitely check out Ben. That's ben-redmond.com. If you want to uh, learn more about his program or just connect with him, cause he's a pretty cool guy. Maybe he'll just talk to you about the brain over coffee. <laughs> I want to do that. I wish you lived closer. I wish all of the people from the Dan Doty uh, program were here and I could meet them because virtually is really nice when it's happening, but after the connection feels a little lost. So <laughs> Um, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. It's a pleasure bringing you uh, shows every week and um, hopefully you've stayed all the way to the end and look forward to bringing you another show next week. Ciao.